Hello and welcome to Paper Boys. I'm your host, Charlie. I'm your other host, James. And as the title suggests, we are the Paper Boys. We're here to help break down scientific articles that you hear in popular media where people talk about researchers found or new studies show, but they don't always seem to give you all the facts. Many of these news articles you read about scientific studies boil it down in a way that leaves out a lot of important things and doesn't give you, the reader, a good sense of the real science that went on behind it. Sometimes these studies may have taken years or decades to carry out and it gets boiled down just to one snippy headline with a pun. Yeah, that's often misleading or simply incorrect. Exactly. So here on Paper Boys, we go and find the paper that those articles are based on and we'll read it and give you the whole picture of what that research was about. So you may be asking, why are we qualified to do this? Well, Charlie and myself are both graduate students, so that's basically all we do, is read papers. We're almost like professional paper readers, but we don't get paid to do it. Hence, we're paper boys. Paper boys. Amateur paper boys. Hoping someday to be paper men. (laughs) Yes. All the paper boys and girls grow up wishing to be paper men and women. Just trying to set a good example for all the little kids. So uh, today, James has some interesting topic he would like to talk about. James, why don't you introduce this? Yeah. So those of you reading the news may have heard recently about a large body of water found on Mars. Different news sources released different headlines. Um, A couple that came out say Mars has an actual lake from how how stuff works. Scientists have found underground water lake on Mars, says the Economic Times. Underground lake of liquid water found on Mars from Popular Mechanics. And the New York Times article, which I'll specifically look at today, said, A large body of water on Mars is detected, raising the potential for alien life. Ooh. I mean... That's exciting. I would read that Shots one. were fired. <laughs> shots are fired. That's but a bold headline. That is bold. I don't understand why this is huge news because didn't we know about water on Mars already? There have been previous studies. Yes, that's a great point. So in 2015, a Nature Geoscience article coming out of University of Arizona showed that there are what are called slope linea on Mars that they hypothesized were formed by briny water that as the temperatures fluctuate on Mars, they would come out on the hills and form these slope linea that's it's like a form of erosion, so they were able to detect that through images and hmm. modeling. I think I remember that. They had satellite pictures showing these dunes with, it looked like little grooves down the side, sort of. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, well, so that was in 2015. And we've known for a long time that there are water ice caps on the north and south poles of Mars, but right. it's frozen ice. So right. liquid water would be a, a big step towards life. However, the slope linea paper in 2015 was brought into doubt in 2017 by another nature geoscience dun, 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 uh, paper that essentially refuted what they said saying that the same slope linea that were witnessed could also be caused by granular flows so essentially flows of sand hmm. i'm not totally sure what the granular flows are but it's essentially saying that it's not liquid water okay so they basically stabbed that in the heart yeah, and that was the I mean that was the USGS coming out and saying this from one of their studies. So So if the 
briny flows down those dunes is possibly debunked, mm-hmm. then this new study could be saying, but look, there's still liquid water. There's still hope for liquid water on Mars. Okay. And, and the the slope Linnea was the only evidence of current liquid Mars that we had found? Or liquid uh, water uh, on Mars? Active flows of liquid water. Active being the key word. Okay. Because there are, looking at the geography of Mars, qualitatively, it people have been hypothesizing for centuries that water formerly flowed on Mars. Right. There's lots of Getting canyons. Back to, Schiaparelli from Italy and even before that, I think as early as Cassini, when people in the 1600s hmm. looking at Mars through telescopes, people have looked at the features of Mars and the, thought there were canals. and The canals, yeah. The canals and the Martians, yeah. Yeah. It's um, almost sci-fi. Yeah, and so... Actually, literally sci-fi because it literally was made up. <laughs> li- yeah, it is fiction. True fiction. And so, just to put this into perspective... In the 1960s, when NASA launched the Mariner missions, which flew by and took the first space photographs of Mars okay. passing. Didn't land? I don't think Mariner landed. Okay. They essentially showed that Mars looked a lot, the surface of Mars looked a lot like the moon. It was pockmarked with craters from meteors. But a key fact was that they did not witness erosion that would normally occur due to liquid water flowing freely, at least not in vast quantities. Hmm. But they expected to? There was hope. There was hope. They didn't really know what what they would see. Okay. So they went there in the 60s and they found out, or the 70s? When was this? 60s, 70s, and then there's the Viking missions that landed. And when they flew by the first time, they found out, oh, there's no Mars. There's no water on Mars. Yeah. Okay. And so... So um, now here we are in 2018. Well, so then from the different landers and rovers, I think people started hypothesizing that maybe there's subsurface water. Hmm. So that's where the slope Linnea came in. That would be slope, like water under the surface sort of eroding away. And now with this oh, new and like paper. like maybe seeping out of the ground? Yeah. Ooh. Yep. That would because, be cool. Um, for those of you who are not familiar with the atmosphere of Mars, it's about 1% of what it is here on Earth. So liquid water on the surface of Mars just can't exist. So we have to look for other forms. Okay. Or in other areas. That makes sense. Yeah. Getting into this paper... It's a pretty bold headline for a couple of reasons, I thought. First off, a large body of water. So it immediately says that this research is sure that it's water. And it also makes it sound like a big lake. Yeah, like a big lake. Like an ocean. (laughs) Yeah, you think of a body of water on Earth and you're like, I can go swimming in that. You think of the beach. You think of the beach. Spoiler alert, there's no beach on Mars. Or it's all beach. Or it's all beach. It's just one yes. big beach. Just life's a beach. <laughs> um, and then raising the potential for alien life is, uh, I mean, that's just a cool thing to throw in the title. That's just to get a click. Yeah. I click. Does this? I click. <laughs> I did it. It worked. It worked. Thanks, New York Times. Yeah. You, do you they, well, I don't want to, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but do they even talk about alien life in this paper? Is the word alien in the paper? I didn't actually read the word alien in the paper. Okay. It could be there buried somewhere. Um, the paper, so the paper was... But let's be honest. You read this paper more closely than the New York Times journalist did. And you didn't find the word alien. I didn't. No. So it's probably not there. It's probably not there. We'll have to do a control F on it later and actually search through. But, I mean, so the, the New York Times article isn't bad. But the uh, the headline's a little funky. And then... 
in the first three paragraphs, like within the first three sentences, really, uh, there's a quote from a former chief scientist of the Italian Space Agency who oversaw the research. And he, I quote, says, water is there. Which is like... Wait, that's the whole quote? That is the quote. He goes on to say other things. Oh, okay. But that, water is there, dot, dot, dot. It's liquid and it's salty and it's in contact with the rocks. There are all the ingredients for thinking that life can be there or can be maintained there if life once existed on Mars. And this is the guy who wrote this study? This is one of the guys who helped oversee the research. He's not the first author, though. Okay. Yeah. But he is on this paper. He is on the paper. Yeah. Okay. Okay. He is on the paper. So. What's his name? Enrico Flamini. Okay. So the reason this is controversial is I actually went to science science.com this article was published in science and read the paper and essentially what this headline is asserting is that there is a liquid water body on mars and that's like you know very affirmative they're 100 percent sure however there's a lot of doubt still in the community of as to whether this is really water i thought this was interesting actually a, a current researcher at jpl dr richard zurid who's chief scientist of the Mars program office at the Jet Propulsion Lab for NASA. Yeah. So, I mean, he's up there. He's and seen he a knows lot of what studies. he's talking about. Yeah. He had some critiques of the work, um, specifically saying there's a lot of data that could give you similar results, and the paper didn't really discuss those hmm. much. Wait. Okay, first, when was this published? So this was published very recently in... End of July 2018. Okay. And there's already a lot of doubt. There's already doubt, yeah. That's not a good sign. Or it's a really good sign. Second is that if you could very easily make this mistake, how come someone hasn't made this mistake before? So that's a really good question. Okay. Or where did they get this data? Okay. Because they didn't build their own satellite, send it, get data that no one else has. They're surely taking data from a place where everyone else has access. Yes, this data is widely available. And so all this is coming from it's the European Space Agency's Mars Express satellite. And specifically, there's an instrument on there called MARSIS, the Mars Advanced Radar for Subsurface and Ionosphere Sounding. So you have a satellite that's orbiting Mars and there's a radar that's sending signals and reading the echoes that come back. So it's a pretty common technique for planetary science. You send a radio wave, and the radio wave interacts with things in the atmosphere and the soil, different materials, differently. They'll have a different dielectric constant, so it changes how much energy is reflected back. Hmm. So you can time the arrival and how much power is reflected at different times to sort of get a sense of what's coming back. Okay. And this is they've done this lots of times with lots of things, right? Is this how they discovered water on Enceladus? That was different. Oh. Or... On uh, Europa or Enceladus? Either or. They both, I think, have a similar thing, a subsurface body of water. So I was looking up that a little bit. I think that was more from visual spectrom- spectrometry. Whatever. We know the word. Yeah. Uh, spe- <laughs> We're scientists. They looked at the spectrum that it gave off. <laughs> yeah. And uh, different visual imagery. And so looking at the chemical composition of things that are on the surface, the only possible way that they could get there is through liquid water oceans. Hmm. Or salt. Okay. I think. I don't know. To the best of my knowledge. That's beyond the scope of this. It was a pop quiz question. I'm impressed you had an answer. Well, thank you. 
Um, but so, I mean, so you, it is a good question. Has this technique been used before? Uh, the answer is yes. And so it's a common technique that they actually use to look at under ice lakes here on Earth in Greenland or Antarctica. Um, okay. So there's some interesting examples of that where they've, they have sounding readings. So like a radar sounding and they've identified lakes and they actually have visual human on the ground evidence that there is a lake there okay. to support that. So they're just looking for data that looks similar to that. Yeah. On Mars. Similar to that on Mars. And so Mars Express has been, it's been orbiting for almost 12 years, I think. Wow. So it's been orbiting all around and taking radar sounding data. And so it's like, why is it now? Then this data that they use is based on data. It's from 2012 to 2015. Hmm. But that's like six years after it's been started. Yeah. And so... And that's also six years ago. Yeah. So it, and this data is public, I think. Yep. Most of these satellites, their data, I think, is required by law to be public. Public access. Yeah. Freedom. FOIA. Well, I don't know. Well, I they're Italian. The, they're ESA, but I imagine they have the same laws. And like NASA, when they take pictures, I mean, if, you've seen The Martian. They yeah. even talk. They even say this in The Martian. If once they take a picture, they have twenty four hours to release it. It's public. To the public, yeah. 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 It's ours and yours. <laughs> Give it to us. Give it to us. Give us all the data. This is actually an interesting fact about it and sort of where they got some of their theories because in 2007, they had similar sounding data. So essentially what happened was there's a radar on this that gives you about a three to five kilometer resolution. So you can imagine it's giving you a thin line of information as it's going around its orbits. Okay. So you you paste all these lines together and you get sort of an, a collated image. Okay. They and just put together a bunch of stripes. They put together a bunch of stripes. And so you can imagine that changing in intensity, so it's bright or really dark, depending on how much is being reflected back. And as they were flying around in the Southern Hemisphere, in the, I think it's called the Planum Australia, Australia. Great beach there. Great beach. Excellent beach. The best on Mars, they were getting this anomalously high reflected intensity. Okay. And in 2007, they did detect it, but they dismissed it. They said, this can't be water because they hypothesized that the temperature level was too cold for liquid water. However, the finding that sort of enabled them to take this data and the future data in that area and really sort of interpret it to be liquid water is that they discovered this salt called perchlorate on the surface of Mars that essentially acts like antifreeze. Wait, who, who discovered that? That's coming from, I think, the Phoenix lander rover. Okay. And then Curiosity that another... subsequently. Okay. Was Phoenix a, a European one? Phoenix was NASA. Oh, but that was old, wasn't it? It was old, but I think looking at... It was recent data after 2007. It may have been in 2014 that they've really started to actually discover the quantities of perchlorate that are in the soil on Mars. Huh. Perchlorate is literally antifreeze or it just is, it's a salt and therefore it lowers the freezing temperature of water. It's a, yeah, it's an ion that has been known to lower the freezing temperature of water like dramatically. I mean, down to negative 32 degrees Fahrenheit down to even negative 100 degrees Fahrenheit. Whoa. So you could have So they think me... All right, let me back up. They they found this lake in 2007, but they just dismissed it and said, oh, that data is garbage. 
They had a reading, yeah, that gave them some indication. They tossed it. And they threw it out. And yep. then they since discovered that there's these perchlorates all over Mars that lower the freezing temperature. Yep. And now they're saying, oh, well, therefore, this is just like a really salty lake. Yeah. And ac- diving into it a little more, I mean, so they do have to make, they make some big assumptions. Okay. I think. So. Like uh, the fact that we see perchlorates on the surface means it's necessarily in the water. Like that's a big assumption, right? It's a big assumption. Yeah. You know, that's a good question that it would just be down really far. But I think it's it's possible there are yeah, enough okay. perchlorates. And so, like, to identify a lake, there are a couple of things that have to happen. Like, topographically, you can't have a lake, like, on the peak of a mountain unless there's right. a bowl. Like, right. you need to have some sort of flat terrain or something that's sort of bowl-shaped. Right. So, the Planum Australi, where they're looking, there's a 20-kilometer-wide swath where they found this. And it does meet the bill for an area that's flat, somewhat bowl-shaped, and sort of surrounded, at least on one side, by a mountain. Okay. So, okay. So the topography goes up. That's kind of qualitative. Sense. And okay. they, they discuss that in the paper. Like, they say roughly that's what's happening. And then they did make an assumption about what they call the South Polar Layered Deposits on Mars. So that's like the soil content. Okay. And so. Soil content in. It, wait, so this lake is in the South Pole, you're saying? The lake is in the South Pole. Yeah. Okay. Or near it. Yeah, pretty far south. Okay, does that mean that it's maybe runoff from the caps? I don't understand. I just don't understand where this water is coming from. You're saying it has to flow. You're speaking topographically. It, it has just, to flow down from somewhere into this little basin. It's just contained in this basin. I'm not sure really where it's coming from. Okay, okay. That's probably a PhD or two. Okay, so, yeah. Someone's couple, gonna get a someone PhD can get a couple degrees from that. Hopefully. Answering that question. Not us. Not us. Nope. We're never getting our PhDs. Maybe by the end of this podcast, we'll answer it. Yeah. Basically, they're assuming some mixture of water, ice, and dust that is giving them some sort of reflection around it. And then there's... Wait, what do you mean reflection? The radar reflection, because that's all they can measure. You're sending a radar, you're sending a radio frequency down and it bounces back. Right. But could the water not reflect the radar? The water does reflect. It does. So I don't really understand that last assumption. Okay. So it's a subsurface lake. Right. And so they have to they have to make some assumptions about the material properties of everything above it. Because to get the reflection, you have to go through different materials. Oh. That's like... I see. Yeah. It's thing called Snell's Law. Snell's Law. Yeah. Okay. Thanks a lot, Snell. Snell. I know. You're making this really complicated. But so essentially they beam down the, this radio wave, it bounces back, they get some data and they say this has a dielectric constant of something and they say, they basically said if it's greater than 15, we're going to say this is water. And this is based on some data from Earth in Antarctica and Greenland. Okay, so that has some basis. Yes, yes. All right, um, I like what I hear so far. And they do talk a little bit in the paper about, you know, other possible explanations for bright area below um, below that SPLD, that surface layer deposit. Um, but they re- reject them, saying that they require very specific and unlikely physical conditions. Or because, 
and I quote, they do not cause sufficiently strong basal reflections. That's what they're measuring, these basal reflections. Okay, so they at least make a little bit of an effort to say, hey, we could be getting a, a false reading off of these types of things, but it's pretty unlikely that it's those things. That's what they're saying, yeah. And they make some assumptions about the temperatures that go down and essentially running some simulations for the different temperatures, the reflections that they got do match what could be liquid water. Okay. Like, so it's a, re- it's, it's a reasonable interpretation, but at least for the paper that was published, they don't publish a ton of like, they don't publish many experiments that try to undermine their interpretation to see if it's valid. Okay. But is that really their job if they're publishing this in a one of the top peer-reviewed journals? Isn't that the point of the peer review process? I mean, this was published and immediately someone says, hey, here's a bunch of things that it could be instead of that. Why did none of the reviewers catch that if it's so obvious? And also, what, what are those things? What did, what did, who was that that, that was doubting this? Uh, this is the head of the Mars program at JPL. Okay. And what did he say is the alternative here? And also, what's his, what's his incentive for hating on this immediately? Well, I wouldn't say it's hate. I think he's, you know, as the head of Mars program, you, this a paper like this could drastically influence the types of missions that you send okay, and the type of work that you put together. Oh, no, we send more things to Mars. It's not a bad thing. <laughs> However, if you say, when you have headlines like this and people are saying there's absolutely a lake on Mars versus saying you want to be critical about it because it could be very costly. Sure. Okay. Um, that was a good answer. Detract from other other missions, okay. and so yeah. Or I, we could just start lying about stuff we find on Mars and just get more money for everything. I'm not opposed to that. Hey guys, we found aliens and a beach, so you got to fund both the alien research and also the habitation research. Got to fund them. So we can go hang out on that beach. Go to the aliens. Beach. Yeah, beach party. Okay. So there is some science. I think it's a reasonable interpretation overall to say there is water. There is a water briny lake on the subsurface of Mars. Okay. But you mentioned sort of near the beginning that there's not necessarily any reason to believe that it's water. Was that true? That it could be some other liquid? I think it is water. Okay. Or I think it could, could be liquid water. A briny solution of water with perchlorate solution. Okay, but didn't you say, or the NASA guy maybe said, it's not necessarily liquid water. It oh, could be okay. liquid something else, or it could be... When you, have an, when you have complex interfaces between different materials, you could get other reflections. The paper dismisses these other possibilities by saying they would require too complex or like too unique of scenarios, but they don't really enumerate what those are. And so I think what he's saying is that part of the paper is lacking. I see. So he's not trying to suggest that it's a lake of something else. No, but that this you could possibly get the same measurement from a different configuration of like soil layers or Okay. And they say they say like they have measurements of actual like relatively known CO2 ice and that it's different. So they dismiss CO2 ice as giving this reflection. Okay. But so they have st- some control. A little bit, yeah. And they compare it to Antarctic and Greenland, things on Earth. Okay. So overall, is it a reasonable interpretation for the paper to say that there's water? I think 
it's logical from the data that they say. I take a little bit of not offense, but <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be, I'm I'm gonna be offended. Just be offended, James. I'm offended. The, it's your podcast. The scientist in me is offended by the New York Times headline saying a large body of water on Mars is detected because, you know, all these papers, it states in the paper, we interpret this feature as in this radar measurement as a, indicating a stable body of liquid on Mars. Yeah, well, it's interesting. I mean, I see your sheets right there. And just looking at those two, the, the article title and the newspaper headline are characteristically different. I didn't the, even bring that up. Yeah. The New York Times one says a large body of water is detected. The science one says evidence of subglacial liquid water. Very, the story here is that there's evidence of a lake, not that there when you say a large body of water on Mars is detected, that means it exists and we found it. Thank you. The yes. story that means yes. the story is the finding of the lake. And this is where not the finding of evidence for the lake. Yeah, and I think this is where these sort of myths about, like, oh, NASA discovered a lake of water on Mars, and then it propagates through, like, popular culture, and people are like, well, why didn't we find, uh, why haven't we found aliens on Mars yet if there's a lake? Right. And it's like, all we have is, like, some evidence that maybe there's water there. Right. We've never actually seen this thing. We've never seen it. And, uh, yeah, likely will not for a long time. It's interesting. I mean, I really hope that this is true because I think they, a long time ago, they they theorized that there could be these large underground aquifers on Mars. Mm-hmm. I actually, I I read this book. It's a sci-fi book. It's like one of the most, one of the most famous Mars sci-fi books called Red Mars. Oh yeah. And it was written in maybe 1991 or so. Pre-perchlorate era. Pre-perchlorate, but it's based on what they knew about Mars at the time and then projecting to, say, the missions in 2030 or something. And they find all these underground aquifers because... Future, 2018. Yeah, so they find all these aquifers because that's what they, at the time, in 1991, they suspected that those were there. Uh Uh-huh. And it's only now we're actually getting real evidence of that. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, it's a very visionary book to even think about that at the time. And what's cool, so I'm not trying to hate on this paper. I think it's really interesting and definitely a step in the right direction. Like you said, it opens up a lot of great research just as part of the peer review process for people to look at other, you know, are there other things that could generate the same data? But also the Marsis instrument, I mean, it's old now. It's been flying for over 12 years and it gives a pretty wide swath. I was saying earlier, I think it's like the width of that line is like three to five kilometers. Yeah. So it has to be a sizable aquifer or lake to be detected. Right. But there could be these things all over. Yeah, well... You had more resolution. Three to five kilometers is big in terms of a lake, but it's small in terms of trying to detect things across the surface of a planet that's all land. Yeah. So that means that it must take a really long time for them to map out the entire surface. They yeah. probably haven't mapped the entire surface. And I think to, I'm not totally sure, but to get like, to actually get the traces that line up on each other and to get that mapping out is not a trivial problem either. Right. You can't just, you can't just have your orbit go over this stretch of three kilometers and then just over the next stretch and piece it together like bands. It's not a quadcopter. It, yeah. It At least not yet. Not yet. Not we'll yet. see. Yeah. 
So overall, really interesting paper. Awesome findings. I think the headlines are a little misleading on like just sort of coming to the conclusion that there is a lake of water on Mars. Yeah, and a little misleading is accurate, but I don't think gets at the spirit of what's so bad about these headlines. It's very insidious. Like you said, it it infiltrates the popular knowledge on Mars. Exactly. People are already so misinformed and don't know nearly enough about our solar system and about a lot of scientific things, mm-hmm. hence the reason for this podcast. And stuff like this that gets so much attention because it's so it's so catchy. Yeah. Is going to stay with people. It blows it out of context and then we're so there are two Mars rovers set to launch for 2020, ExoMars, which is a collaboration between European Space Agency and Roscosmos, the Russian Space Agency, and then the Mars 2020 rover coming from NASA and JPL. And so it'd be easy to say, oh, there's a lake of water on Mars. Why are we doing all these other research missions? And it's like, there's still so much more left to learn and examine and like, even just to confirm that there's a lake rather than just saying like, hey, like you go grab your drill. Let's go check out. Let's go look for life in this lake. Yeah. Also, if we're only just now, let's say, let's say even the New York Times headline was totally accurate. We fully, full on discovered a lake straight up sitting on the surface of Mars with a log cabin next to it. Yeah. Like, if it took us until now to discover that, imagine what else we haven't discovered on Mars. Yeah. So we need to set... It also, my other problem with it is that it totally lessens the impact later when we do go and verify, oh, there actually is this lake here. And there are many... Didn't that happen 10 years ago? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I'm thinking of, I think it was... Maybe it was two years ago or a year ago when they when they discovered this huge subsurface ocean on Enceladus. Yeah. And they had found evidence of, I think, organic material in these geysers that were shooting out of it. Mm-hmm. And NASA hyped this up with this press, press conference. They said, oh, we, we're going to have a press conference next Thursday. And it's huge. And they didn't tell anyone what. And they just told them it's it's huge. It has to do with like aliens. And people were like, whoa, well, oh my God, did we finally discover life on Mars? Or did we? And people got so hyped. And then and then NASA came out and they said, we found the, this organic material coming out of a subsurface ocean on Enceladus. And people are like, and people were just like, who cares? I mean, like all the scientists, like me, I was yeah. so pumped. But I think everyone else just immediately forgot about it. In a yeah, and it's in an infinite space of just cold, dead nothingness. Like the prospect of organic matter in some sort of water form, like in, a, in like a water environment, is huge. It's a huge discovery, and the reason that people don't appreciate it for the huge discovery it is, is because you have headlines like this all the time that say, "Oh, potential lake harboring." potential alien life on Mars. So people have it Raising in their head. potential for alien life. People have it in their head that we find these kinds of things all the time. And that it's it's a sure, it's almost a sure thing that there's this alien life in this little lake everywhere. And that it's just a matter of, well, we just need to go there and, and check and we'll find it. Yeah. And that's not true. Like it's, it's like striking gold when you make a discovery like that and people don't realize it. Yeah. And it also undermines the value 
the research gives us on just the knowledge of how our solar system has evolved. If Mars used to be like Earth and there's no longer water or oceans and this is what it's devolved into, like, that's also worth knowing. We better fucking figure out how that happened. Yeah. So we don't do it here. Yeah. Time. The clock is definitely ticking. Yeah. Um. Very slowly. But slowly. Not in our lifetime, probably. Yeah. Well, and unfortunately, that's why no one really cares that much. I know. It's pretty forward looking, I guess. But uh, you're such a visionary, James. What can I say? Save the planet. Save it. Save two planets while you're at it. Why save one when you can save two? Yeah. Two first. Yeah. Um. Well, cool. Yeah. So I mean, I'm excited about this paper. I think it's really cool. Yeah, I think it's great. It's one of those things where, like you said, it's maybe slightly shoddy and maybe makes some some far-reaching assumptions, but it's the kind of thing that I just really hope is true. Like I have no vested interest in shooting this down and being totally cynical about it because I really want them to be right. Absolutely. Just looking at it, trying to look at it from a critical eye, and you know, it's hard to do. This is like tons of information, and guys, this paper is... Th- they have three pages to write it. Two and a half pages, not including figures. And this was years of research. And how many authors are on that list? 20? Yeah, there's like 20 authors, six years worth of research minimum. I mean, a pe- couple people probably got their PhDs doing this yeah. paper. And it's like two and a half pages. The figures are awesome, though. If you want to check it out, it is available on science.com. Really cool actual images of the plane on Mars where they found it and the radar images. Oh, when you said plane on Mars, uh, I got no. excited about a different kind of plane, but... Different plane. Yeah. No. Nope. No, you're talking about nope. the boring kind. The boring kind of... Okay. Yeah, geographic. Yeah, plane. go check out the pictures, everyone. They're really exciting. Oh, boy. Well, yeah, so that's it. I think uh, radar evidence of subglacial liquid water on Mars, that headline, A+. plus. That's from the science That's paper. not a headline. That's the paper title. Yeah. You got to... Make your own headline I'm here. Biased. You I'm You need biased. to put yourself in the mind of a, a news editor. You need to sell this story. You need someone to click on it more than they're going to click on the New York Times, but you also, you have a conscience and you don't want to lie. Could there be a water lake on Mars? New study suggests yes. Hmm. I like it. It's like a call and response. Yeah. I would probably click on that. You'd click on it. I mean, it you'd didn't, click on it. Didn't say alien, but <laughs> oh well. I guess I can forgive that. New alien beach discovered on Mars. Aliens discovered lounging poolside on Mars. New studies show what, what this means for your commute. <laughs> That's how you get clicks. That's how you do it. New studies show five out of ten aliens prefer PBR mm. when popping tabs. Wow. I can't decide if that means I really want to meet them. Or really don't want to meet them. It's 50-50. It's pretty... It is 50-50. They don't tell you what the other 50% like. So, it's misleading. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> that's all I have. Cool. That's all I have for this paper. Well, yeah, thanks for bringing that in. That's I, I learned something. Because I saw these headlines a couple of weeks ago, whenever this was. They were everywhere, yeah. Or depending on when you're listening to this, decades ago. Well, And I, I didn't have the information, so thank you, James. Count it as another one for the Paper Boys. Paper Boys 1, New York Times 0. Classic. Suck it, New York Times. We got him. <laughs> Dismantling the New York Times one paper at a time. One paper at a time. All right. Well, thank you, everyone else, for tuning in to this episode of the Paper Boys. 
tune in for our next episode where we take on another news headline with science and papers and of course your lovely hosts charlie and james thanks folks